Hey friends, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip, and I want to thank you for joining me here today. I am a dreamer and a doer, an author, a speaker, a podcast host, and the founder of Spark Media, where I host both virtual and live events, coach and train Christian podcasters. I am currently doing a series that I conducted live from the NRB, where I host Hosted the last Spark Media live event. While I was there, we launched the Spark Network. I have been working with some amazing Christian podcasters and realized I had a network and wanted to do more to help those Christian podcasters grow and have their amazing shows be discovered. I would love for you to check that out at the Spark media.ventures website. Well, while I was at the NRB, I did a series of interviews and today's topic is defunding the police is a terrible idea. Police officers help keep the peace and are there to serve and protect. The National Police Support Fund offers three reasons why defunding the police is a bad idea. First, it reduces support for training. Second, it hinders officers' recruitment and retention. And third, it allows dangerous, violent criminals to win. And that's not a good idea. I don't want to live in a police state that is over-militarized, but I do want to live in a place where I can feel safe I am thankful for the service and the sacrifice of police officers and their family that they make every day to help keep America safe. Now, I vividly remember watching Rachel Flick's eulogy of her husband, Micah, that went viral on social media. I was so impressed by her composure as she stood before thousands calling a broken nation to return to honor. I knew that she was a strong woman held closely by the peace that passes understanding that can only come from Jesus Christ. So I was so excited to find out that she was going to be taking interviews at the National Religious Broadcasting Convention. I was excited to sit down with her and talk about her story, what we can do to strengthen police relationships, and help victims of trauma. Now, Rachel is on a mission to bring hope through resilience. You may know her from the Hopecast. I welcome Rachel Flick to By His Grace today. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am on the expo floor of the NRB and I am with Rachel Flick today. I am excited to introduce you to her if you do not know her. She has an incredible story and we are going to, um, we're just going to unpack her story a little bit today because she's an amazing woman and I want you to get to know her. So Rachel, 
Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. Misty, thank you so much for having me. What an exciting opportunity. And there's so much energy around us. This is fun. I know. So fun. I've never done live podcasting really before. And so this is, we've got a lot of action for those of you who aren't here. We are on the expo convention floor of the NRB. And so there are people with television cameras and podcasting all around us. It's really an amazing time. So Rachel, let's just jump right into your story. Okay. Well, in 2007, I was um, working at a gym and I met a cute guy who was also working out at that gym. And somehow or another, I convinced him uh, to take me on a date. And um, the rest is history. And that man knew what he wanted. That was Micah. And he put a ring on it. And we met and married in nine months. And within that space, he had started the academy for the sheriff's office and was becoming a police officer. So from the beginning of his journey in law enforcement, I started that with him. Three years later, we had a beautiful set of boy-girl twins. And um, we were working and I was doing ministry at our church. And we both got our um, master's degrees in that season. And so it was pretty hot and heavy as parents, you know, and not in the fun way, like in the stressful way. Um, It's hot and heavy before the kids and that's how they got here. (laughs) Yes. And then it's just sweaty and blood, sweat and tears. That's the hot and sweaty later. Yeah. And so we really grew up together and pushed hard through that. Um, Micah went through all of the positions that were available to him in the jail, on patrol, in the courthouse, and he was promoted to investigations. As a part of his job in investigations, Micah was a property crimes detective and worked undercover on an auto theft task force unit. On February 5th, Micah went undercover, uh, which he did every week, and this was a normal part of his job. They had followed a car thief for over eight hours, and they went to arrest him. And when they did, there were 10 officers in the operation. Micah's partner went to arrest the suspect. And the suspect pulled a gun out of his hoodie and shot Scott, Deputy Scott Stone, in the hip and then went to execute him. And my husband grabbed the gun from the suspect and was able to save Scott, but in the wrestling was shot in the neck and Mm. died on the scene. Two other officers were shot and a civilian was permanently paralyzed from the waist down. And the suspect was killed in return fire. And on that day, everything I knew about life as a wife and a mom and a woman in ministry changed. I just want to say I'm so sorry for your loss, but I am so grateful for the way you have redeemed Mm. what has happened. So let's talk about what happened after that. Okay. Well, in the immediate aftermath, it was very shocking because Micah's death made national news. And I had gone from, you know, a very um, private lifestyle not connected with the larger nation platform. I was speaking, I was teaching through mothers of preschoolers at my church and leading a group of about 200 women there. And, um, but for Micah's funeral, something that I really wanted to do was give him a eulogy. And I was absolutely traumatized and shattered by his death. And I was like, God, how Am I going to be able to do this? I can't even breathe. I can't sleep. I can't eat. And on that night when I was having this conversation with God, I felt for the one and currently only time in my life, the tangible touch of God on my chest. And I was 
crying that cry where you can't breathe and you can't catch your breath and it's, you're almost hyperventilating, you're crying so hard. And I felt the pressure of God's hand on my chest. Mm. And within about 10 seconds, he had brought me from the hyperventilation cry to complete peace. Yeah. And he said, you will be obedient and you will speak what I say for you to say. And on Friday and Saturday, because you have two funerals when you're um, murdered in the line of duty, I got up and I spoke on Micah's behalf and I talked about what's going on in our culture with law enforcement and the public. And um, that eulogy went viral and people were captivated by truth and our love for each other. And out of that has grown um, the hope cast that I do on my podcast where I talk about post-traumatic growth and resilience. And um, I call them hope peddlers instead of dope peddlers, love dope dealers, it. hope dealers. Yeah, love um, it. And I talk about what it looks like to come through um, dark seasons in your life and be resilient models of light and hope to a hurting world. That's right. I, I watched that eulogy mm. and... Um, Having been through a lot of difficult things, a lot of grief and loss myself, I was so impressed at um, your composure. And I was like, that is the peace of God that yes, passes understanding yep. that we cannot explain. Um, and so I love that you have taken just the most awful, painful thing and turned it into something beautiful. And that's what Jesus does mm. when when we give him our story we can give God glory through the process. So besides your podcast, what are some other things that you're working on? Mm. Well, I was already a trauma therapist, which was a total divine setup, yeah. right? And yeah. I had these tools in my tool belt and um, I work with some of the most difficult, most traumatized stories that you can imagine. And I grew up in a home with mental illness and addiction um, and abuse. And so I had already been doing a lot of work in myself to grow and to heal. Um, and so that uh, just kind of solidified, aligned into this mission to help people who feel, pe to help people who other people feel are beyond hope. And so um, I work with uh, single homeless moms who are in a transitional living facility and, and working through their trauma. Um, I'm writing a book uh, to bridge the gap between the public and the police through the lens of my love story with Micah. Mm, that's beautiful. I'm a solo mom of 10-year-old twins. And somewhere in all of that, I get to um, try to keep my home together from falling apart and walk my dog every now and then. <laughs> well, and that's that's a battle in its own yes, right, just, that's being, its own just thing. being a mom. Okay, so I want to talk about what's happened, especially over the course of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's been this shift even towards police officers, all of the um, rhetoric of disbanding police officers. So first of all, I just want to thank you and your husband mm -hmm. for your service and um but what can we do? So someone who's not involved in law enforcement, what can we do to support the law enforcement community? And um, how can we counter this rhetoric that is, you know, disband the police department? Because if we get rid of the police, we're living in absolute chaos and that's not good for anyone. Yeah. Well, the truth is, is that, um, 
Probably 80 to 90 percent of law enforcement encounters happen with around 10 to 20 percent of the population, right? The majority of people never extend past a traffic ticket in their relationship with law enforcement. Um, And so the perspective that law enforcement gets is because they are with the worst people doing the worst thing on their worst day, that that is the story for everyone, right? When the majority of people are law abiding, they do want order in our society. They appreciate the sacrifices of law enforcement. But because they don't come in contact with them, the police aren't having interactions with people who respect them. And so that's one of the things that we can do is we can reach out to our local law enforcement agencies with shows of gratitude and take them prepackaged things because cops are very, very cynical, right? So don't bring them home-baked cookies. They will throw them in the trash after they thank you because they probably have arsenic in them, right? Like (laughs) they are expecting people to poison them. So take them things that are prepackaged or... Um, packages of Gatorade or gift cards or have places cater for them. Those are ways that are very tangible to serve um, and to say, thank you. We see you. If you see the officer in line behind you in Starbucks, pick up their coffee order, right? I got to tell you, my husband, every single time that we go to dinner and if there are officers in there eating, Mm -hmm. he will say, please bring me their check. And then he doesn't it typically does says don't tell them, but then he'll just walk over and then thank them for their service. And so yeah. it's, um, it's a beautiful thing that he That's does. Awesome. Yeah. I think too, your, your audience is young, busy moms who are raising children and the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Yes. You are setting the next generation up for success. And, um, something that you could do is when you see an officer on the street, um, slowly, Walk up to that officer smiling with your child and introduce them to that officer. Oh, that's great. And um, as long as they're not busy or taking care right. of something and tell your child who they are and that they're there to protect them. Um, never threaten your child that you're going to call the police because they won't clean their room. Right. Like right. the police don't want to be the bad guy to your child. They want to be the person who's their hero who will come in to rescue them when they are in trouble And so the way that you talk to your children about law enforcement is a way that we can set the next generation up for a culture of respect and honor. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Now, let me ask you this. I'm going to shift direction just Mm -hmm. a little bit. What would you say to someone who has been through a traumatic loss? Like, what's the first thing that you would say um, to them? So for someone who's been through a traumatic loss, the first thing that you can say for them is probably nothing. Um, The power of the empathetic presence is healing. So you don't need words. You can't fix it. You can't take it from them. And sometimes when we feel pressured to take things from someone um, or fix their pain, we say things that cause more harm than good. And know that your loving heart in that room with them is transformative, right? The the Jewish culture has a practice called sitting Shiva Mm -hmm. where they come and they sit in black and they are quiet for seven days and they sit with the grieving person and their family. And I think we need to implement more of that into our culture in America where we just expect like, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring a casserole and I'm going to sit on your couch. And if you need to take a nap or take a shower and I help you with your kids or with bedtime or You know, if I'm just in your presence and I am calm and loving, that is healing for you. And that is helping you in the immediate survival season of a tragedy or trauma. 
Yeah. When my brother died, I was 12. Mm. And one of my uh, dear friends, moms came over and she just started ironing all my dad's work mm. shirts because she saw that my mom had the ironing out and was going to iron and she was a mess and couldn't. Yeah. And she just was just this calming presence. And she just saw, this is something that I can do to minister to them. And it was, I mean, it's still that memory is with Mm. me today. It's beautiful. And her presence was healing and safe and grounding in your family in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being with me today. What is the best place for people to get in touch with you and the work that you're doing? Yeah. Well, my website is rachelflick.com doesn't matter how you set how you spell it. I have bought all of the domain options for Rachel Flick. Good for you. I need to buy Misty Phillips. Yes. Because everybody puts an S on my name. I think it was even on my contact sheet as Misty Phillips. So you should buy that. I know. I know. I have the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. And you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, um, Prime, pretty much everywhere where you can listen to a podcast. And then I am on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. All the places. All the places. Rachel Flick. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a joy. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphillip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there. 